What's going on everybody? Sorry for the delay in podcast. Let me just start off with that. It was my birthday last week. Uh, if you're listening to these in order as we're going through it as a church, yeah, this week has been crazy, but we're back. And if you're listening to these in the future and they're already all done, you have no idea what I'm talking about. So it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're on track. That's all you need to know. Um, <laughs> today we're reading in Mark chapter 5. Nick has helped us out a little bit, our pastor here at Impact. And now we have a chance to uh, to keep reading through the chapter and to finish the chapter off. And some great verses today. So I'm going to go ahead and get to reading them. It's a good bit. It's Mark chapter 5. Verses 21 all the way to 43, and it says this. When Jesus has crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then he came, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come lay your hands on him so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. So Jesus is going to heal this man's daughter, if he was a ruler of the synagogue, you can look at that as kind of like a pastor in some sense. He was uh, basically the person that was over the synagogue itself, itself and over whoever spoke in it, and he probably often spoke in it himself. And so um, this is a pretty important man, probably had a good bit of wealth, um, and it was a Jew that had a lot of knowledge. And, um, you know, we see him that he asks uh, Jesus to come to his house. I do want to point out before we dive into the rest of the scripture, something important you may have missed. Um, he asks Jesus to come to, um, you know, come and he'll lay your hands on her. Uh, there's some, there's a story in Luke where a Roman, um, asks, uh, for Jesus to heal his daughter and he's asked Jesus to do so at a great distance. And this man, uh, he says, you know, that guy's basically like, you don't have to come to my house. I know you have the power to heal her right where you stand. And and Jesus encourages his faith. And this man, you know, still has faith, obviously, because he's he's asking uh, Jesus to come. He believes that Jesus can heal his daughter, but he believes that it requires him to come and lay her his hands on her. So I just want to point that out because I believe what's important to see there is that, uh, you know, this Jewish man had more knowledge when it comes to God, yet um, this other man this roman man that we read about in luke had more faith you know and faith and knowledge are two different things i just want to point that out let's continue reading so he's on his way to heal this this uh, daughter of this ruler of the synagogue and it says that a great crowd followed him and, and thronged about him meaning crowded around him in verse 25 and there was a woman who had suffered um she had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. So this lady has had this issue for 12 years. This is a issue in Jewish faith that would deem her unclean to touch her means your ceremony unclean for her to touch. Jesus would mean that he would be unclean. And what we're going to see happens is that's, that's what ends up happening is she ends up touching Jesus, but she, he doesn't become unclean. But yeah, so, not only does she suffer with this issue, she goes and spends everything she has to try to get a fix. She's at the bottom. She's probably divorced because of this issue. Um, she's alone, and she's poor, and she's basically a nobody at this point that's suffering. And she, uh, verse 27, it says, she had heard the reports about Jesus. So she's heard about Jesus. She comes up to him behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she had said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of the blood dried up. 
She felt in her body that she was healed of the disease, and Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned from the crowd and said, Who touched my garment? So a few interesting things as we walk through this. So she has this plan that if, if I can touch his garments, then maybe I'll be made well. And this speaks of her faith, and it speaks of um, you know her trying to come up with, maybe superstitious a little, but trying to come up with some way for her to be healed and knows that Jesus can do that. Um, she takes a risk here because touching Jesus would mean that he would be unclean and she'd be, you know, called about, caught out by most religious leaders for even attempting this. And so she goes and is, when she does it, immediately she feels that she has been healed. And then Jesus, and this is interesting, I don't have an answer what this is about, I just think it's important to point out, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. This is an idea that has that doesn't happen in any other scripture. Jesus acknowledging that power comes out of him, or God acknowledging there's some type of power supply that has been taken out of inside of him. Just an interesting note from Mark there. Uh, no real answers for that. I just thought it was answered. Sometimes there's stuff in scripture that I just think is interesting, and I'll have to ask Jesus one day whenever I see him because I have no idea what that means. Um, immediately, uh, once he perceived the power had gone out of him, immediately he turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? Verse 31, And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, Jesus knew exactly who was touching him. I think this young lady didn't know who she had touched. She didn't know who she had asked to be healed from or who she had gotten a miracle from. Um, she had heard of reports about Jesus, but didn't know who he was. So him asking that question is almost similar to in Genesis where he asks uh, Adam and Eve, where are you? You know, where are you? And and obviously he knew where they were, but they didn't know where they were. And so Jesus following along with the God, the creator here, asking a question that he knows the answer to, trying to help the person he's asking, um, who touched my garments? And the disciples are confused because there's so many people wrapped, you know, pushing, pushing up against Jesus. He's like, how can you even ask that? Who's touching you? Um, but she comes knowing that uh, she may be embarrassed if she doesn't confess. And that's why she came in fear and trembling is because she was worried that she would be called out and embarrassed and ridiculed. And she falls down before him and tells him. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. He doesn't embarrass her. He doesn't call her out. And it's just interesting. Um, you know, instead of touching Jesus and him making and him becoming unclean, when she touches him, she becomes clean. She becomes whole and healed of her disease. And um, Jesus doesn't embarrass him. And, and I think probably the reason why, as most scholars believe, the reason that Jesus did this, it wasn't so that she would be embarrassed or have the fear of being embarrassed. It was because it was important for her. You know, if, if he didn't maybe have her confess, you know, what had happened, she could have just assumed that it was the garments. They were magical and they healed her, you know, that he wore and... Um, that's not really how it works. It's it's Jesus himself whom, whom does the healing. And so we continue because remember, we're on our way to heal Jairus' daughter. And in verse 35, it says, While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Imagine the heart sinking of this synagogue ruler. Uh, verse 36, But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of their synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. 
They came to the house of the ruler in the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. Important to note, because their emotions are about to change, that, before we dive into the rest of this, that um, oftentimes in this day and age, they were, uh, you would actually hire um, professional mourners for your for your funerals, um, and at a minimum, you had to have at least two flute players, and so that's why Jesus mentions this, um, and uh, why Mark mentions this, and uh, there's probably a lot of them there because the synagogue ruler was uh, able to, uh, you know, afford him. So, verse thirty-nine: When he had entered, he said, "Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping." In verse 40, they laughed at him. See that quick change? It's because they're not genuinely crying. Um, but he put them outside and took the father's, child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, I'm going to butcher this, Talatha Kama, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. Interesting um, connection. You may make it automatically, but... The lady suffered for 12 years. This little girl was 12 years old. Um, they were immediately overcome with amazement. He strictly charged them not to show that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Again, because Jesus was worried that his popularity, as we looked at before, um, would cause so much um, of a following that he wouldn't be able to move from city to city. That's why he says, don't tell anyone. So we get this awesome story of healing. You get this parallel between the Jarius Jarius and uh, the lady that struggled with the blood. Um, in both of these, Jesus, the work is different. It's yet the same. It's Jesus heals both personally. Um, Jarius had 12 years of, of amazing time with his daughter that were about to be taken away. And the woman had 12 years of agony. And um, it just seemed hopeless. And Jarius was an important man. And the woman was a nobody. We don't even know her name. Jarius was uh, probably wealthy. And uh, this lady was poor. Um, she spent all her money on doctors. Uh, Jairus came publicly where the woman came secretly. Jairus thought that Jesus had to do a lot to heal his, gar- to heal his daughter, where this woman only needed to touch his garment. Um, Jesus responded to the woman immediately, and G- Jairus had a, had a delay. And then Jairus' daughter was healed secretly, and the woman was healed publicly. So Jairus comes publicly and his daughter's healed secretly, and the woman comes secretly and is healed publicly. So, all that to say, um, I guess the takeaway from the, both of these stories, what a great, I mean, just so much in this story, but is that Jesus um, is is the healer, and his healing is is personal, and it's it's in his time, it's not in ours, and there's so many things that we need. To be healed of, whether and it may not be a physical affliction, and it may not be that we've died and need to be brought back to life. But regardless of what we need to be healing healed of, we can wake up every morning knowing God cares about us, and He cares about us enough to heal us on a personal level. No matter how we approach, now we do need to approach Jesus. You know, this this ruler, he he bow, he put himself in the presence of Jesus. He bowed before him. He humbled himself. He laid his request open, and he had total confidence. This lady that had this issue for twelve years, a little different. She had faith, but she was a skeptic, and she didn't want to be embarrassed. And so, yet they both received healing. And God knows what we need more than we know what we need. So rest assured, God is a healer. Not Jesus is not just just a healer for people that have great faith. He's not just a healer for people that have great knowledge. He's not just the people that 
that a healer just for people that approach him and that you know have a lot of faith like he he is a healer of all if we approach him humbly and know where the help comes from it comes from him so with that being said thank you guys for listening today i hope you had a great day and enjoyed today's scripture i'll be you know man i'm just so blessed to be doing this and i'm growing so much from it we're going to keep rolling and uh, yeah hope you guys have a great day thank you so much for listening